Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Hoping you're having a very pleasant Friday. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, we've been looking at the first lesson in a year-long study that members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are going to be going through, dealing with the Old Testament. The first week's lesson began on December 27th, and it went through January 2nd. And even though this is a study of the Old Testament, what amazes us is the heading of this study is Moses 1 and Abraham 3. Moses, the book of Moses, is a book that is unique to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as is the book of Abraham. And in preceding shows, we have discussed how the book of Moses came about and how the book of Abraham came about. And one thing that we find, and I give the lesson credit, is it doesn't seem to hide the fact that Joseph Smith's translation of the book of Moses, as well as Joseph Smith's translation of the book of Abraham, didn't really come from any ancient text. It didn't come from any knowledge that he may have had about the language that he was translating into English. Instead, members are told that Joseph Smith does this by revelation, and they have to assume that Joseph Smith's revelation is really revealed to him from the God of the Bible. And as I was mentioning in yesterday's show, there's enough information in this first lesson that I think gives the reader enough red flags that if they're paying attention, they should be able to see the flaws in this study, and hence the flaws in Mormon teaching, which of course goes back to the flaws in Joseph Smith himself and his deception regarding the book of Moses and the book of Abraham. If a Latter-day Saint would look at these red flags, I think they might ask themselves, why am I believing something that is so contradictory? What we're talking about with the book of Moses versus the book of Abraham, is God singular or is he plural? Remember the Monday show, Bill, I mentioned Tad Callister, the 70, who was part of the Sunday school department from 2014 to 2019, and he said, I think the Lord expects us to do our homework. I would say I think the Lord expects every Latter-day Saint and Christian to do their homework, and if what they're seeing does not lead to what is clear and true, then I think we need to ask ourselves, why are we believing something just because the Church tells us to believe it? Do you think part of the problem is we have different definitions of what truth is? Because I really find in talking with Latter-day Saints that many times truth to them is, well, whatever Joseph Smith tells me or whatever the church tells me is true. If I have a good feeling about it, then I'm okay. I'm on safe ground. Whereas a Christian would say, no, truth must conform to reality. If it contradicts reality, we don't embrace it as truth. So therefore, when it comes to this particular study, 
If we have, for instance, the book of Genesis, and we believe that this book is from God and is confirmed to be from God because Jesus takes verses from the book of Genesis, which I think gives us his stamp of approval on the book, if what Joseph Smith is saying contradicts that, then obviously there's some red flags. Now, here's what I want to talk about. As we've been harping on this week, it begins by saying, as you read what God said to Moses and to Abraham, ponder what he might also be saying to you. Okay, if I'm a Latter-day Saint and I'm reading this, then let's find out what did God allegedly tell Moses and what did God allegedly tell Abraham? You would think that what he tells them should concur. If we have one all-knowing source giving information to two human individuals, in this case Moses and Abraham, then should we not also see a consistency in what is being told to these two individuals? But yet, in the book of Moses, we read a creation account. And this creation account can be found in chapter 2 of the book of Moses. And basically, it goes on to start off a number of passages, beginning, for instance, in verse 3, And I, God, said, Let there be light, and there was light. Verse 4, And I, God, saw the light. Verse 5, And I, God. Verse 6, And again, I, God. Verse 7, And I, God. It goes on in chapter 3, where it changes a little bit to where it inserts the word Lord. For instance, verse 7, And I, the Lord God, formed man from the dust of the ground. Verse 8 in chapter 3, And I, the Lord God, planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there I put the man whom I had formed. It sounds very clear from what we've read here that this is talking about a singular God who is responsible for bringing about all these things that are listed in these various verses found particularly in Moses chapter 2 and chapter 3. But yet, when we look at the book of Abraham, we also see a creation account. But what stands out? Instead of it saying, and I God, it uses the word gods, plural, and the gods did this, and the gods did that. Well, if God has really spoken to Moses and to Abraham and given them both a creation account, why do we see such a glaring contradiction? And furthermore, even more problematic, I would think, the only reason we know about Abraham at all is because of Moses. In the book of Genesis, it's Moses who writes about Abraham, which obviously means, and we know this to be the, the case, Abraham precedes Moses in the timetable here. Abraham existed a long time before Moses comes on the scene. Abraham is talking about a creation account in which there's many gods involved. If Abraham is telling us the truth, and we should understand this to be the gods creating this and the gods doing this or that or any other thing, why does Moses not seem to know that pattern? And instead, in the book of Moses, and I might say in the King James Version of the Bible that the Mormons use as their official biblical text, he uses God singular. 
who's right? Was Abraham right in the beginning or was Moses correcting Abraham? Because both of them really can't be true. When you look at the book of Genesis and the account of Abraham, I can't tell you of any place where Abram, or Abraham as his name was later changed, has any uh, inclination that there were multiple gods. I'm just reading, I just picked a chapter, uh, Genesis 17, verse 1, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, singular. Why didn't Abram pass it on that it wasn't really God Almighty, it was plural. I am the gods Almighty, however you want to put it. But throughout the entire account that Moses writes, well, it's always going to be singular. Now you might say, somebody might claim that maybe Moses changed things. But here we have the book of Moses, and we here we have Joseph Smith in the inspired version, both using singular as well. So it seems to be a contradiction, and I find that to be one of the red flags you're talking about. Could it be, though, Eric, that at the time Joseph Smith is bringing forth the Joseph Smith translation, he's not believing in a plurality of gods at that time. So he's merely reflecting what he believed at the time. Because you'll notice the Joseph Smith translation was done between the year 1830 and 1833. I really believe that had Joseph Smith waited to do that until, let's say, 1844, right before he is killed at Carthage Jail, I think his Bible rendition would read much differently. For instance, do you think he would have included the passages from Isaiah that talk about there only being one God, Isaiah 43, 44, 45, where it specifically states that the God of the Bible does not know of any other gods? Well, obviously, the God of Mormonism must know of other gods because there's three separate gods within the LDS Godhead. So that verse would make no sense based on what Joseph Smith was teaching towards the end of his life. I really believe had Joseph Smith did his Bible quote-unquote translation later on in his life, it would read very differently from what we have in the inspired version or the Joseph Smith translation of 1830 to 1833. And I think you can include the Book of Mormon as well. I mean, many verses, including Moroni 818, that, that, that God is from everlasting. I mean, listen to what Joseph Smith says. We've cited this before from the King Follow Discourse, but this comes from Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 345. God himself was once as we are now and is an exalted man and sits enthroned in yonder heavens. That is the great secret if the veil were rent today and the great God who holds this world in its orbit and who upholds all worlds and all things by his power was to make himself visible. I say if you were to see him today, you would see him like a man in form, like yourselves in all the person, image, and very form of a man. He goes on, but I, I don't see that in the Bible. I certainly don't see that in the Book of Mormon. I don't see that in the earlier teaching, as you're mentioning, Bill. So Joseph Smith does change his theology. I think you're right. I don't think he would translate the inspired version the same way in 1843 or 1844 that he did in 1833. And I think this is something that we have to keep in mind, because there's no doubting the fact that Joseph Smith's theology evolved. There's that's not even argued, even by Mormon scholars. I, I remember listening to a presentation given by a Mormon scholar and where he freely admitted, for instance, that the Book of Mormon is a very monotheistic book. 
But yet Mormonism doesn't really believe monotheism today. In the early years, when Joseph Smith believed that, and I think he probably did, I don't think Joseph Smith's theology was really refined. I think it was a backwoods theology that was probably common to a lot of people living in the time period that he lived and in the area where he lived, but he isn't consistent. We know this by the way he talks about God in the Book of Mormon, especially when he's trying to use Trinitarian language, but he's really describing modalism. Why can I make that accusation? Because, folks, we still hear Christians doing that. I've often heard very well-meaning professing Christians explain the Trinity in a modalistic manner. But yet Joseph Smith does this, and he puts it in a book that is supposed to be ancient scripture. It's one thing for an individual to have a misunderstanding about a biblical text, but when you put it in a book that you claim, as Joseph Smith does, that this is ancient scripture, now that becomes a huge problem. And I think it goes against the alleged credibility of the person who presents that book to the public. If you'd like to see weekly reviews we're doing on this curriculum during the year of 2022, you can go to our website, mrm.org, slash come follow me with hyphens in between those words. Also, you can go to the bottom of our website. But throughout the year, you might want to take a look at what your Latter-day Saint friends are studying and perhaps... By looking at that, you'll be able to ask some questions that will engage you in a conversation. Again, we hope that you'll look at Eric's study on this. I think you're going to get a lot of valuable information out of it. And I, I think you're absolutely correct, Eric. It, it's good to know what our LDS neighbors are studying. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.